before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to preface that myself, Frankie, and uh, Brennan Nunez of the King's Pulse podcast that you'll be hearing here soon uh, recorded this episode as it was kind of being shaken out who was going to be the interim head coach still. So we do talk about that for a good amount of time, but uh, I thought it was a good conversation anyway. And then we eventually learned that uh, Alvin Gentry is named the uh, interim head coach for the time being. And uh, this is also before Monty McNair's press conference here on Sunday at three o'clock. So we don't really address that at all. If, uh, if anything comes of that, uh, maybe me and Frankie will record uh, later today. But you're getting this. I hope you guys enjoy this. Again, it was a crossover episode with the King's Pulse. Uh, Brendan Nunez, hope you all enjoy. I guess I have to say it. I'm sure listeners are aware. From Woj, the Sacramento Kings fired coach Luke Walton on Sunday. Sources tell ESPN Kings have lost 7 of 8 and dropped to 6-11 on the season, leaving them 12th in the Western Conference. We don't have announcement of who interim head coach is going to be right now. Um, it seems like it's between Alvin Gentry and possibly Doug Christie. Um, I was going to say maybe let's talk about Luke first, but I just mentioned the interim thing. So I don't know when people are listening, it could already be announced, but to me, I mean, Gentry has been doing this since 88, which it was crazy to find that out yesterday, by the way. Um, and this is Walton's first year. Like, Everybody really loves Walton for some reason when good things Doug, happen. Yeah, sorry. Every, yeah, yeah, definitely not Walton. <laughs> uh, everybody loves Doug. And for some reason, good things happen on the court and the broadcast shows Doug rather than Luke on the sidelines sometimes, which is kind of funny. But, like, if Doug gets the job, is that not kind of a bad idea? It's it's bad as far as I – it's great for Doug because Doug is such a passionate – basketball person he loves basket basketball he's been wanting to be a head coach for a long time I think at least an assistant coach to start with obviously but if you move him into the head coaching position you're automatically kind of setting him up to fail because at some point not many head coaches go through their whole tenure uh scot-free like you know Eric Spolstra is still going strong Greg Popovich is still going strong uh but eventually there's there's a downfall for most of these guys. And you look at Peja Stojakovic and Vladi Divas, those are two names that are still kind of uh they're triggering words, I think, around the King uh you know, the King's land right now because of the things that have happened with the front office. But uh great for Doug if they name him, but I don't think it's a long term good idea because that's another guy you're adding to that list of just former Kings greats that you now look at in a bad light. Yeah, real quick before you go, Chris, this is a tweet from Greg that's like exactly on point. Hiring a beloved former king to a position where he has almost no experience. What could go wrong? Yeah, nothing, right? I mean, that's the thing for me is just like, I don't think it's a good idea for Doug even. Like, if I were, me and Frankie both work with Doug. I, I, you know, if I I feel like, I think if I run into Doug right now, he would, we could exchange pleasantries. But um, I would, I would tell Doug like, dude, don't do it. Like, I know you want to be a head coach, but like Frankie said, like you're setting yourself up for for failure. There's, there's a, I won't say there's a 0% chance of success, but there is an incredibly, incredibly small chance that this works out. And also if in, in the, Oh, got muted there for a sec somehow. My mic just muted myself, but um, yeah, I think it, I think he's, not gonna, he's not going to get another actually. opportunity after this. If if he uh, if he were to take the job and presumably not do well, that's it for Doug. I, I can't imagine he would stay on the staff the next year to to work as an assistant again. Um, he obviously probably wouldn't wouldn't have a job at, at any of the other thirty two job or. Is there 30? I always forget. NFL 32 or is it 30? <laughs> it's, it's Sunday. No, it's 29. It's Sunday. I know. My mind's on Sunday. Um, I, I just don't think it's a good idea for, for all parties involved. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Luke stuff eventually, but I, I, I don't think that Luke Walton was necessarily the end-all be-all to this King's problem. And so bringing in Doug, unless he's going to have some, which he's just not going to have some philosophical – new way of looking at the game, there's not going to be much change from him. Um, he, he is a first-year head coach, not even a first year. He's a first-month-in-some-change head coach. 
he he doesn't have yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't know I shouldn't say he doesn't know but he he hasn't been experienced with implementing offenses implementing defenses just you know he's still learning the the ropes as as what it is to yeah. be a coach I mean he he hasn't been a part of basketball at the NBA for what's it been 10 15 years well Doug's he played right but then again you look at and we love Doug right but to be blunt he was hosting a the 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 Jason Ross show with Jason just just three months ago and it's it's tough to imagine him being thrown into a head coaching position for virtually the almost a full season there's only been what 15 games 16 17 games have been played there's a lot of season left that's a long it's like 15 10 games we're talking here it's it's 75 percent of the season and that's why my thought is if Alvin Gentry says no which it seems like that's something that could very well happen wouldn't the in-house head coach I think it'd be probably Bobby Jackson which I know that's another Kings great Kings great that would have to be has I think that's complicated, though. I don't, I don't think – I feel like since he's already accepted the Stockton job, they would then have to replace the Stockton coach, which obviously you would rather have an interim Stockton coach than an interim Sacramento coach. But um, that would be the diff- – because I definitely thought that too. It's like Bobby's been on the coaching staff since Adelman days, and, and he, you know, whatever, he clearly um, has made some sort of impression to eventually work his way up. But – um, I think it's a little strange that, you know, for even, you know, I just don't Bobby's name isn't even being mentioned. Um, I, 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 again, don't think, um, don't think the, um, I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a good idea for him to take the job as well, but, you know, I think, uh, I think he, he at least needs, he deserves the respect of being mentioned if Doug is going to be mentioned. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe we move off of interim for now because by the time this comes out, it's probably announced. But I think like either way, even if say Doug isn't the guy that go with Alvin, I mean it's it's just a bad sign that that like there seriously is this talk for Doug. Like like you guys said, Doug. I mean, you guys have interactions with Doug in a way that I don't, but. Doug seems like a great guy. I've never heard about. He is. No, he Doug. legitimately is. He is. He is as amazing as everyone says. He's he a very is. nice guy. He is a legitimately a very nice guy. Very down to earth. Smart. People smart say. too. Smart, really smart guy. Like can talk the game. And I don't want. Yeah, we we could be eating crow if they do name Doug Christie head coach and they the Kings rattle off you know five of six or whatever. But right now, but I'm sure we want to for oh, sure for the sake of putting that out there. If it's not obvious to anyone. Sure. We don't want Doug to fail. I want Doug to be, if he becomes the head coach, I want to be the greatest head coach of all time. I mean, we, we all grew up on Doug Christie around here, but when it comes down to it, the, the unbiased Kings person in me is just saying, no, it just is not a good idea. And yeah, I mean, the the odds are whoever takes over tomorrow for the Kings will probably not be the head coach next season. So it's, is it really going to matter anyway? That's just yeah. kind of where I see it. And also, I mean, I, I'm, while we're, I know Frankie's or uh, Brendan said not to not to continue the interim talk, but I, I mean, I would if if Doug and and Bobby are getting consideration, why not Rico Hines? Like I know I I'm assuming Rico probably isn't a big X's and O's guys, but from what I've seen of of Rico's development skills and just the re, the relationships he has with players, I wouldn't mind seeing Rico get a shot at at legitimately being a a a coach somewhere or here, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like Rico, but I wouldn't like Doug either. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's what thing. you're saying. Like, we're just if, if we're at this names. point, right? And why is like Mike Longobardi not mentioned at all? That's yeah, a not once. Weird. Like, might be the second guy. That's too boring. You know, no one. That's not sexy enough. We it's not sexy enough. To say. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough the next. The next name, if there is one, I guarantee it'll be Bobby Jackson. We just fired Bill a- Walton's son. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> so let's talk about like what went wrong with Walton. I mean, it's fairly obvious, like just nothing went right, I think, is the basic way to put it. Um, Talked to somebody about this the other day. You know, I had been saying a bunch like, I can't tell you what Luke did well and got kind of corrected. Like he discovered Holmes in a way like you can give him credit there. I think he was very willing to make rotational changes quickly, and that might have caused some harm this season. But he had a really rough roster he was working with. 
But I mean, that's like the only thing that I can point out. Aside from that, it's like, I don't know who he's optimized in any sort of way. We've seen Buddy really struggle last year, this year. Um, yeah, I mean, like we heard in the, we, we were all at the game yesterday and we heard post-game like communication is an issue we're hearing about a lot. And Walton himself, I believe it was post-game, maybe it was pre-game saying that like, you know, there's kind of one or two one or two ways that communication goes. It's either you have a Draymond type guy who is vocal and like the anchor of that, or everybody needs to be communicating on a team. Um, and, and obviously the latter is like going to be a part of it no matter what. But like point is that the Kings don't have that anchor and they aren't like all equally communicating. And when I heard that, I almost wonder, like, can that anchor come from the coach? Because you know, Walton seems like a motivator communicator, I guess. The guys liked him. I don't know. I'm rambling a little bit, looking for something here. Like, it, what it comes down to is, like, nothing went right yeah. during Luke's tenure, no? Um, I would say the most right things went. I think we can all kind of pinpoint it, which was the pandemic-shortened season, which was his first season. They were playing pretty well up until that pause. And even then, it wasn't that great. And as far as... Some of the, t- the things that Luke was saying yesterday really stuck out to me is I kind of hung my hat on like, okay, this is not something I think you should say. And I think it's kind of just it embodies kind of how the whole process has gone with Luke. He was saying how a lot of the guys in the rotation are still kind of learning the ins and outs of basketball. And when you look at the rotation, Harrison Barnes, the champion, he's 29 years old. De'Aaron Fox is was an all-star talent last year. Buddy he, Heald's he 28. So many young guys. And I'm yeah, like – no, about Metu that you decided to start like it, Ty- Tyrese is 20, 21, yeah. and he's probably the smartest player on the floor. So you can't really use that against him. Davion Mitchell's a rookie and he's learning it. That's fine. But the rest of the guys that are in the rotation right now, you cannot use that as almost like a crutch that the team is still learning the ins and outs. And I just I rolled my eyes yesterday. I was like, what the hell do you mean when all these guys have been playing basketball in the NBA for the last four or five years minimum? And. It just seemed like I don't want to say excuse after excuse. And I know the famous excuse was off to watch the tape. And it just it just never seemed like this guy gets it. He knows how to fix this team. He knows what moves to to make and what buttons to press. And in the end, it just it seemed like that is what cost him once again. Just he never had the right formula. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think what you just said right there, he just never had the answers. Um, and that's what the coach is paid to do. <laughs> I mean, like flat and simple, like you, you, us three can can sit here and talk for an hour and we'll talk our ears off, but we don't have the answers. It's the coach's job to figure out these answers. And through Luke's three years, I mean, there was countless times where the team was hit in the mouth and then just never figured out how to I mean what what was the what is the identity of the Luke Walton Kings like when when they Dave Yeager was coach it night. was very clear that he wanted the team to run play defense whatever whatever Luke's to me his biggest flaw is he allows too much freedom he allows I mean it's it's great in the that's how Rashawn Holmes was able to to blossom because he really said hey Rashawn like if you if you feel like you you can Hey, dead push turns out he sucks. And I'm going to change this five games into the season. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think, you know, there, there was a lot of things that went wrong. Obviously not a lot of things went right. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, Brendan kind of said it at the beginning, like that's kind of the, the, the story of the Luke era is just, you know, he, he was the second most winning by by uh, winning percentage in <laughs> it's Sacramento era. That ever, dude. That's honestly it. It's insane. Living hell. Out it of doesn't me. make sense. But what it tells you is like, I mean, he inherited a team that was not. You know, we've seen much worse Kings teams, but he was never able to take this baseline team and elevate it at all. And that's what a coach is supposed to do. I mean, it's not like we're here. No one, Brendan. We were on your your roundtable podcast at the beginning of the season. Everybody had around 500 is what this team was. It's not no one was expecting this team to come out and, you know, be 15, 20 games over 500. We were just expecting a very inconsistent, but at some point, a a, a base solid team. 
and the bottom has kind of fallen out. And I think that's that's the reason why we see Luke gone here today is just there's there's this team is underperforming at the moment. And that's that's what they did the entire time is just never, never gain any ability <laughs> to win games. It's more it's more disappointing, too, when you look at no one expect them to be 20 games, 15 games over 500. Right. But when you look at the this brutal opening stretch of a schedule, the Kings came out of that with a winning record They're five and four. And the bottom's fallen out against a lot of teams that are not looked at in the best light. The OKC Thunder, the, the Timberwolves, um, the Raptors even are a team that, that should be that the Kings should have not been beaten the way they were beaten the other night. Uh, in, in the way that they dropped that Raptors game was, I mean, the whole thing is like the players like playing for this guy, right? Well, it's like, okay, then play hard for him. You had me fooled. Dude, they, they folded. And that, that Raptors game was bad. No, it's, it's, I was talking to one of my old coworkers uh, at the game last night. He'd been working for the Kings for eight years. He's on the basketball upside. He's in the sales upside. But he said, I've watched every game in the last eight years, and that's the worst game I've ever seen, the Toronto game. He said, that's the worst game I have ever seen, and I've been to every home game since 2014. <laughs> and it's it was brutal to watch. And last night against Utah, you could kind of get that sense in the fourth quarter. When we were laughing at that point, the game was completely – Irrelevant because of the puke gate. Chuck. Yeah. Because up Chuck. Uh, <laughs> so that, will he save the King season is a question we'll have to answer later. Um, could that be what saves the season? This and Luke Walton paired together. The sandwich the Kings need to get over the hump. That's a disgusting uh, sandwich. A disgusting up Chuck King special. But it's, it's just it, the writing was on the wall. And last night we were joking about if our Sunday was going to be ruined by, by King's news and, and here we are, but it, it had to happen. Well, like, will it fix things? That's a whole different kind of question, but yeah. Speaking of news, I have uh, I have a tweet here from Chris Haynes. Um, Sacramento Kings have scheduled a meeting with players at noon today to update them on the next move in the aftermath of Luke Walton's dismissal. So that's in, we are recording right now at 1101. So uh, at the top of the hour, the the players um, will apparently be informed of what what's going to happen moving forward. I assume we'll probably hear as a as a media shortly after, and then uh, and then it'll be released to the public. But uh, it seems like seems like there's there's some sort of a plan in place. Um, to me, the thing that's interesting does this mean there's a plan though? Like I almost, a plan. Uh, no, I would not say a plan. I, I would. That's true. That's true. Let's not say. Let's not say there's a plan in place. I almost wonder if this means they have. Like, I, I feel like. What do you think was the, on the wall for a couple days here? At least a couple mm-hmm. days, right? Uh, we were Where talking about like, it after the first loss of the back. I mean, was that Friday? After yeah. Friday's loss, I didn't think he was going to make it to Saturday. Yeah. If if there wasn't a game last night, I don't think he would have right now. I think that's too quick of a turnaround. And in the meeting, the meeting at noon, my first thought is they're just going to walk in and be like, so what should we do? What do you guys <laughs> want us to do? Yeah. Do you know what we should do? And, and uh, part of the issue here is the players like Walton. I get why Walton's getting slack, but like and, and we'll get into it more. But like McNair deserves crap for how the season is gone. And so do the players like dudes have looked uninspired. I mean. You know, like I think they were saying the right things and this could just be kind of media talk, right? But every guy that was sent out the last couple of days was going out there and be like, you know, Walt, Walton's, yeah, Walton's not the guy out there missing shots, not boxing out. Well, well and then notable Kings uh, lover, and I say that sarcastically, Bill Simmons, to, to, to look at the grander scheme of things, yeah, it's not all on the coaching staff, it's on the players, right? But it's also on... The decision-making over the last couple of years, they've been set up to fail because Simmons tweets, the last four years, the Kings took Bagley over Luka, spent lottery picks on three guards, froze on trading Barnes when he had legit trade value, spent actual money on Tristan Thompson, gave Bogdan Bogdanovich away for nothing, but hey, let's change coaches again, an ongoing ownership catastrophe. The Luke Walton can get some blame as well, but the team, like we said, it's a, it's a, the same the same core that gave Dave Yeager had at the end of 2019 with yeah. HB buddy De'Aaron. Uh, I think Rashawn had, wasn't signed yet, but um, yeah, Marvin Bagley, the same core is still intact. 
the Jaeger thing's interesting, right? Because it's like those are two very different coaches, and one is like a hard ass that is a motivator, right? That maybe the guys didn't necessarily like reportedly, but he got them to play hard. Like, well, and that you, plays to your point that you were mentioning earlier of is is the coach going to be or is the coach someone who needs to be that kind of anchor that you were talking about? And where it was it's like, working. This is the guy that needs to be held accountable, right. and I think that's that's. <laughs> It makes a lot of sense, especially when you have, as Luke called them, a young team. Sometimes <laughs> young guys need a lot of fire under their ass because they it's I mean, we see what's what's the biggest this isn't what's the biggest criticism of De'Aaron Fox right now is he's being too cool. He's going into these press conferences and he's like, man, like it's whatever. I don't know what everybody's so stressed about. Like we're just so like we're in the playoffs anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like Bro, like you clearly need somebody yelling at you because you're not understanding the severity of the situation. Like, I understand that you guys are professionals and no one's trying to treat you guys like children, but that doesn't mean that at the end of the day, you know, you you can't need, you know, Tristan Thompson said he doesn't need another man to motivate him. Sometimes it's not about, sometimes the biggest motivation is fear. And if you're afraid of your coach or afraid of disappointing your coach, then you're going to act differently and you're going to show up to work being like, yeah, like, you know, today might not, I might not be happy to go to work, but I can't mess up today because I don't want this fool on my ass all day. And I just don't think that's the kind of thing that, that has happened with the team under, under Walton is clearly they're coming in. It's a lax attitude. It's, you know, it, it, they clearly thought it was something needed that the guys needed some sort of breath of fresh air after, after being drilled by Jaeger so hard. And I think it worked for a little bit. I think the guys enjoyed having the freedom, but you see what, you know, sometimes you're, you're giving, (laughs) if we want to use a perfect example of our boy Upchuck, like sometimes, you know, you're given too much freedom. You're given the floor seats, you're given nice, beautiful game and, and you, you abuse it. And literally what it, happens is and you still sit there it's, in the throw it's ruined for everybody you it's can funny. no longer have a fun coach you can no longer have great seats people Stop. can't sit on the sideline anymore because you decided to abuse the the luxury you were given and just puke all over the court literally it, and figuratively it sounds like the head thank coach you up, chuck Thank you, Up Chuck. The head coach you're describing, as far as a hard coach that's gonna get angry at his players, but in a in a way that he pushes them to get better. It sounds a lot like Mike Malone. So what you're saying is the Kings could have used a Mike Malone. That's yeah. that's. I, mean, uh, I think like even to overgeneralize, totally totally with you, you know. But like to overgeneralize and oversimplify, I guess like there's the Walton personality and the Jaeger personality, Jaeger slash Malone, right? And it's like Jaeger worked the team was on an upward trajectory, right? They were one game. We were joking about it yesterday, like reflecting on that horrible Portland game where the Kings could have had 40 wins that season. The Portland game didn't matter. It was just a funny, of course, they blew that lead and Anthony Simons just went off. It's just, it's very Kings. It's a very Kingsy way for it to end. Right. But they were about to have 40 wins on the season. Like there was no play-in. They would have been in the play-in tournament. They were the nine seed that year, I believe. Um, that was working. But the Jaeger situation was complicated with Brandon Williams and like behind the scenes things. Like, I think if, again, it's, it's oversimplifying, but if you're talking like a player's coach compared to a hard ass, that's going to be like, no, this is the way that we are playing. Um, and a motivator, like that one has worked better than this player's coach. And yeah, like on, on the Fox thing, like I get why people are frustrated with what he's saying, but like, it's almost like just this is the personality of Fox. Like the issue is that they don't have like a Draymond, right? But I don't think that that's like Fox's fault necessarily. Like I get like if you're looking like, okay, where is the motivator going to come from? Of course, one of the first guys you're going to point out is the one making freaking $200 million. Like I get that. But like Steph's not that dude and it doesn't sure. cause an issue. You know, like it just can't be – it can't be – a Tristan Thompson or a Shumpert, like a guy that's not playing enough. At yep. some point, it's got to be one of your like actual guys that's out there on the floor games. Yeah. And you're right. Exactly. Those are the two names that came to my mind, obviously, because it's the, the two names that that the only players the Kings have had with those type that type of personality is Amon Shumpert and Tristan Thompson. And, and then you look at what 
those guys did. Even Trevor uh, Trevor Ariza, when he had that pregame speech uh, right. in in India, saying you guys haven't won anything, why are you acting like you're entitled to something? Uh, it, it doesn't make a difference in the end. It doesn't. Th- these guys aren't players that are on the floor for 35 minutes a game. And I feel like, to your point, Brendan, until the Kings have a guy out there, a true vocal, passionate, difference making leader, what that catalyst isn't it the Kings need a catalyst like that. They need Can a type I, of player out there, that presence. Ben Simmons. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna preface this by saying like this is not the right comparison, but I mean, if you look at the the great Spurs teams of old, who was their leader there? Like Tim Duncan is by no stretch of the imagination a vocal leader. Yes, he is a leader on the court by through his play, but you know, you look at Manu, you look at Tony. None of those guys were super wow. vocal leaders. It was wow. just kind of a collective effort. And those three guys led by example. And obviously you can throw in the fact that they have an all-time coach in Greg Popovich, which is why, you know, you kind of can't compare situations directly. But I think it's, I don't know, like leadership is is nice to, it's, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I don't really know if, I don't know if leadership is really the one thing that's that's holding the team back. I would say it's like toughness. Like they, they're pushovers mm-hmm. on the court. You know, I don't know these guys personally. I'm yeah. not trying to put that label on anybody. I'm a fucking pushover. <laughs> yeah. But like on the court. They allow people to about, dictate play. Tyree said they got punked the other night against Toronto. Yeah. And then they get punked against Utah. You know, they played three good quarters. And then they got they went into the fourth. I think it was a four point game. And Utah's a damn good team. I think you can make the argument of the best team in the league in the regular season. And but then Utah goes on a what is it twelve to one run. All of a sudden it's a fourteen point game. And you know they jokingly talked about like you know the upchuck um, slowing Utah's momentum. But then even after that long ass break, Utah came out and still just punched them in the mouth like they get pushed around and I think it's a personality thing on the court. Like, I think that's the leadership thing that stands out to me is that these dudes are, they, they don't have a toughness to them. Like naturally, I think these guys, it could be brought out of these guys, but just like naturally they do not have that. And yeah, I mean, you, you got to hope that comes from the coaching staff, but also like there needs to be roster changes. Like even I think going into the year, like I'm like, okay, the ceiling of this team is the 10 seed, which like, cool but like if the plan didn't exist like what are we doing celebrating your ceiling being the 10 seed you know wasting time that's that's what you're 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 it's a participation trophy in in yeah especially in the especially biggest way it's just especially if you get rolled in the first game there's no experience learned like if 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 you show up and like actually have a you know you're you're able to compete for a couple games or maybe you sneak one game out like Sure, I guess it's learning experience, but I mean, is that also one of those things that we as fans kind of talk ourselves into as being valuable and then it's not really that valuable? Like, I remember yeah, when, I when so. Anthony Davis first made the playoffs that season where he had Rondo and they played the uh, the Warriors, and those that was like the greatest Warriors team of all time. Uh, it might have literally been the 73-win team. And I think they won one game in that series and got swept the rest and got killed. Uh what kind of learning experience was that? You know, is, is that really a help? You know, yes, you learn about the physicality of, of what it takes to be in the playoffs and you learn what it takes to be a great team. But I, I don't know, like being the 10, you know, if you're going to, my thing has always been, if you're going to go show, like you better go to compete. Don't just go to be like, Oh wow. Like, look at all this stuff. I guess this is what it looks like to be in this kind of position. Yeah. Um, not that I'm saying they would they wouldn't take it seriously, but I don't know. As an as an organization, like you're the kings, you can't really take an a, an eight seed and then take that as a pitch to to free agents and be like, hey, look, we're on the up. Like, come sign with us. I, it just has never worked like that. Yeah, it's like it, it's this weird fine line that I don't understand how you balance. I mean, you probably can't balance it. Like, you just and. I guess to explain, like the line is the team needs to be better. They have to make a change. The roster, the coaching change is a change, but the roster needs to be better too. Like we've given, we've given Luke crap. I think it's deserved, but like it goes deeper than that is kind of what we're saying here. 
there needs to be a change to the roster. But at the same time, like if you desperately make a move to improve the roster, is that not what we saw Vlade do over and over and it be a mistake? So it's like you have to, but like there's a level you, you just have to hope that your like desperate move is actually a smart one. You know, like it, it's a such a weird ass spot to be in because you have to make a move. But if you desperately make one and it doesn't work out, we're doing the same shit over and over. Yeah, that, again, and like you said, the Luke stuff, it's great. We dogpiled on him now on the roster, for sure. Either it's a big move or players that are on the roster already need to, like De'Aaron Fox, last night we were talking about De'Aaron Fox. I hate to put a lot of the blame on him, but I, it's hard for me to sit here and say the Kings would be 6-11 and 11 if De'Aaron Fox was playing like he was last year. I think that they for sure could have picked up a couple games that they should have won if De'Aaron Fox was converting like he should. And last night, I don't know if De'Aaron, if he had a regular De'Aaron game, they would have won, but 5 of 17, we've seen more of that than than good performances from De'Aaron. So starting with De'Aaron, if he's going to not be the guy that the Kings gave five years, $200 million to, uh, that's probably the first question, is if we get to February, March, more so February, and, and this is still going on, where does that leave the team? Where does that leave the state of the roster? Because your best player is has suddenly re- re- like completely regressed. And that's yeah. that's the first thing you need to figure out. Because if he's not going to be the guy, the guy, who can on this roster? I don't think there is one right now. There is no right. other we're, guy. We're, right. We're going to talk about like the half-court offense being really bad. The, like your half court answer needs to be just Fox, right? And he and he's been better. Like I think the last I don't know five seven games. Yeah, like seven game samples. But even then, like, yeah, I mean, what his best game? We looked this up last night. Was uh, he San has, Antonio? He has three games this season where he scored m- more than twenty four points over sixteen games, and he averaged twenty five last year. Yeah, it's just it's not. I think we talked about it like a week ago, Chris and I did. Like, are you worried? Are you worried? Uh, I think I kept saying, not really. I'm worried now. I think I think we're we're about a quarter of the way through the season. And I'd say five of 17 last night. And D- Donovan Mitchell also just complete. And Mike Conley. The guards were tearing the Kings apart last night. Uh, the defense hasn't been there either. And Fox's defense has been fucking bad. It's concerning. It's concerning at this point. It's honestly concerning. And people are saying the Ben Simmons or Fox thing. I, if Fox keeps playing like this, I don't think that's a realistic trade. A tra- that's not realistic at this point. If this continues, like it's you're saying Philly wouldn't take it. Yeah. I mean, if this continues, I, I might slow you down there a little bit, but well, I mean, if this is going on in February when the deadline. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe that was kind of, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best thing to say. I can't go back on it though, but I will say he needs to play better. He needs to play better. That's that's the number one non-Luke Walton problem that the Kings are having right now is De'Aaron Fox is not performing. Yeah, I want to go back to what Brendan was saying about um, just making making the move in general. Like you're going to have to make a very cal- like when you do make the move to acquire talent, it's going to have to be a very calculated move that you're sure is going to work because that's that's the thing is if you're going to ship off a De'Aaron Fox or a Tyrese or even if it's just Buddy and a draft pick, especially a draft pick, the Kings can't afford for that not to work out because as we've seen, like when things go bad here, it takes a very it doesn't just take you know one to two seasons for it to get righted. It's it just becomes something else that makes this thing going longer and longer. And so if you trade whatever i don't think let, let's just say you know whatever in the offseason porzingis's value was let's just say it was marvin make something up marvin bagley in a first round pick yeah. for Kristaps porzingis i mean at that point yeah sure you're you're getting off marvin which is great you don't have to worry about that asset Kristaps is coming on you now have lost that first round pick and that could be could have been the pick that you know turned it all you know if that ends up being a top 5 top 10 pick and being a good player add it to the list of people that the Kings have just thrown away in the draft. Um, And so, you know, if you're going to make that Ben Simmons move, 
you better make sure, especially if you're going to add that draft capital in the future, you're going to have to make sure that you feel like your team is good enough moving forward that those draft picks aren't going to kill you or else you end up in a the exact same situation. And boy, they've ended up better for it, but that's not how it would end up for the Kings. The Brooklyn situation a few years back where they traded all of their future picks for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce to the Celtics. And then we see the Celtics were able to get Jalen Brown. Or I don't think they got Jay, They got Jason Tatum um, with that pick. That's like that is a top three pick that you just gave up because you leveraged your you know, you were trying to make a move in the past that we all know the Brooklyn Nets, those KG Paul Pierce teams didn't do anything. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's scary. It's honestly it's just scary because you you have to you have to make the move. And then just live with it and hope that it prays or pray that it that it works out. Because, um, I mean, yeah, if you trade Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox, yeah. and Ben Simmons is is isn't making this team any better, but uh, it's I don't know. Yeah, I'm and probably, I, now so I'm I, rambling. But. I don't think that like Fox, unless Fox asks out. I, yeah, it doesn't I, really. Make I would be sense surprised. I would be very you know? surprised. Yeah, and I know that's not what you guys are saying. Yeah, I don't unless, think he's. I don't think he's there yet, but I think last night, again, after the game, we were talking about how that press conference, uh, that that snippet that you posted, was the most disgruntled I've seen him in his four-plus seasons here. I think that's that's the most upset I've seen him, and it just it kind of brought back memories of disgruntled Kings, and it scares me. It, it, it's a scary thing to see when your star players visibly just completely – taken out of it, depleted. Um, granted, things are at rock bottom. A couple wins could change that. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he wants out. But say the Kings are 9-24, and 24, which is like an all-time – that's a very horrible – that's worst-case scenario. I think we could see players like Buddy. I don't know about De'Aaron, but multiple players, Harrison Barnes maybe even, could be wanting to say, hey, yeah. let's let's just move on, which it, could, it, would, would be wrong maybe, but – it's the first time where, like, I think you guys are in the same boat, but I guess I'll speak for myself. Where I'm like, maybe we're start, maybe Fox is starting to think about, it. and like we don't know, but like the impression is like, because before you know there was all the talk of Fox wanted to be here, he wanted to like be the guy on a team and kind of build something, and yeah, like you're saying, very checked out. Like I think he already is a quiet personality, like. I didn't take as much issue with what he said as, as I think a lot of people did. I mean, I get the frustration, but like, yeah, checked out in a way that I think is some of, we haven't seen that much. And it's like, if you're trading Fox, you're not getting anybody, his talent level, like right now, you, you just, you wouldn't like, if you're trading him, that's because he wants out probably. Um, and that tanks the value. It's like the Sixers trading Simmons. They're not getting somebody as good as Simmons back. His value is tanked. Like, I think if you were moving on from Fox with the idea of like, okay, we got Halliburton sitting here. We're going to be more patient. Sure. Like if you're trading for a draft pick, like future assets, deciding to get younger and whatever, I'll throw the word, I guess, like tank the year. Sure. But like no reason to think that the team's going to do that with what we've seen over the last couple of years. So if, if you're still trying to win right now, like I don't see Fox going anywhere. Halliburton, what he, I don't see him going anywhere. Like the, the situation, their conversation here at some point has to turn to Monty, which I think we've, we've been talking about. I just haven't mentioned the name specifically. And it's like, what's the best thing Monty's done is draft Halliburton. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, a lot of people sign Rashawn for the, the, the discount, I guess. But yeah, right. Tyrese that might've been, my... might been uh, Vlade. Yeah. Vlade like found, not found. Oh, but the, get, the uh, extension. He, yeah. Giving, giving Rashawn his first shot was Vlade, right? That's maybe, that was Vlade's by far his best move probably. But Monty being able to keep Rashawn when the center market was so aggressive, weirdly aggressive. Yeah. has been his best free agent move. But by far, you're right. The best move he's made is draft Tyrese Halliburton, who in my mind is the, the smartest basketball player on the team. Yeah. And, and like, there's the argument, right? Like Halliburton was the obvious pick at 12, which I agree. But like, why would Monty risk messing up his one like clear good move 
like you trade Halliburton, if that goes south, we're sitting here like, what has Monty done well? Yeah. You know, like, well, yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. think I've I've been thinking about saying it. Frank, Frankie definitely went, is more more confident than than I. I just I think it's it's not out of the question to start asking like what what we can get for De'Aaron Fox. Not necessarily because De'Aaron's playing so poorly, but just I mean where we are as an organization right now. I think Tyrese kind of represents a style of play change that that can happen if you trade De'Aaron. You can get somebody you can move Tyrese over to point guard and kind of try and figure out a new way of, you know, cause right now it's definitely ever since De'Aaron has been here, the thing has been, we need to push the pace. We need to push the pace. We need to emphasize the fact that he's the fastest guard in the league and really, really use that as a weapon. And that just hasn't worked whether, you know, they've given it a, a realistic fair shot under Walton, maybe not, but I, I just think it, it hasn't worked. And, um, it it might be time time to just look at a different style of play. Maybe, you know, you see Tyrese has shown the ability to shoot the ball. Vivek's been obsessed with the Warrior style of play ever since he, he left that ownership group. And I could see the potential of maybe them trying to shift focus to a more three-point shooting focused team. And, and that's clearly not De'Aaron Fox's style of play. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe they don't get of equal value for De'Aaron, but maybe it's, it's – uh, just you know they use the trade as a as a signal of of change i don't, i mean you know that's i mean at this point the the whole fucking thing here is that like something has to change something has to i mean yeah that's it's clearly not working and and you guys have said it before like this it's the same core group of guys that jaeger had and you know luke, luke had the same core of guys throughout his whole time so um it's clearly these these grouping of guys are not able to elevate each other or have not elevated individually enough to to anything substantial. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's no, insanity. It, it's doing the same thing over and over again exactly. and expecting a different result. We're it's the fourth se- third fourth season, third fourth season with with this group and in my mind it's the last ride. It's like the last ride. It's it's Vin Diesel and 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 the I'm boys ready to get off this ride. To be fast, honest. fast and furious Kings edition, fast nine or fast four, or whatever. Uh, and I think De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes. I think multiple of those guys will be gone next season if the Kings don't find success. And that's just kind of the way it has to go. If you keep rolling out the same core four years in a row, five years in a row, and the team just keeps underperforming, it's going to come back to the roster. I think it finally will. You gave me a mental image of with your Fast and Furious thing of Luke Walton just sad in his car listening to Charlie Puth right now. <laughs> I got, it's I got family <laughs> with Bill Walton riding shotgun. I oh, got God. family. He got you know Vin Diesel kind of sounds like Luke Walton. <laughs> I got family. I've not thought of that. Oh man, yeah, I, I gotta mean, watch the tape. So an unsmooth transition, because I don't know how to smoothly transition to anything from that point. Not going to lie. Like <laughs> from Dom Toretto. Yeah, I'm not great. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, At what point? Like the finger needs to start get, getting pointed at Monty now. Right. Yeah. Officially. Yeah. He's on the clock. Yeah. And started. Yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, it's a shitty it's, roster. I don't, I don't really know why he's been able to skate by this whole time because people have blamed it on Luke. But I've been saying since last year, like he needs to do something like leading up to the trade deadline. There was no reason why Buddy Harrison Marvin, someone should have been traded. You could say the same exact thing about the offseason. Now we're at the point exactly where we've been the past two years where it's like this is not working someone needs to move and he has not done literally any anything yeah. about and, and, and the whole thing games. right keeps being like sorry sorry to cut you off but like the no, whole thing good. has been like we don't know what's actually available right yeah or what was actually on the table maybe they were shitty offers but like you only can say that for so long it's like at some point you you have to take something yeah and i mean i i don't know about the intricacies of how the gm job works but you got to make calls. You got you got to try and figure out what you can get for Harrison Barnes. Get creative. Work on three team deals. Work on, 
You're telling me, you know, what are you trying to say? Terrence Davis Marvin and Mo Harkless and Buddy all in the same deal. Terrence Davis and Mo Harkless aren't saving this team. They're, I'm sorry, it's it hasn't happened. Like you know, Shemezi Metu's not going to save this team. Yeah, it's crazy. as much as Twitter wants it to happen. Shemezi's not 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 going to save. Lewis King though might save. Lewis this. King no, might I, and Demetrius <laughs> might because we, we haven't about, tried that yet. We talk about the roster though. I think that it's going to be very interesting to watch what happens with the rotation because I think I don't know for sure. I just have an I like it's in my mind that Luke and Alvin didn't see completely eye to eye on and everything. And I know how fond Doug was. And again, the recent most recent report is that Alvin Gentry is going to be the head coach. It, uh, Sam Amick just tweeted like five minutes ago that it's growing, growingly optimistic that the Kings are going to be naming Gentry the head coach. Um, could we see someone like Marvin Bagley get more run and just say, you know what, let's, un- let's unleash the kid. Let's let him just start playing because that's the one thing the Kings kind of haven't really done is give him a full rotation spot. Is that going to fix everything? No, but it'd be very, I'd be very surprised if tomorrow the Kings roll out the same lineup, including Chemezi Matu and the starters and have one of Alex Leonard, Tristan Thompson. I, I think that, that they need a shakeup. And if they're not going to make a trade or sign someone or what have you, the most easy answer is, okay, let the guy on the, on the bench with the most raw basketball talent play it out. And then he's probably not going to be here in a few months anyway, but let's see what we got. I mean, I, that's just the first thing that came to my mind is maybe they finally unleash him. Yeah. Unleash. I also, I, I also wonder if there's like, cause there's a chance it goes like you're saying, where we see a lot of changes. But I think there's also a decent chance where it's like it's all the same guys aside from Luke and we see the same shit. Like there's all this talk of like it's Gentry's offense, right? And like Longobardi is the defensive guy. It's like totally possible that it goes your way. I think it's just also possible that we see the same shit. Well, that that's my thing with this whole decision. Like, I mean, we're 45 minutes. Like, I, I'm still not sure this is is the right move. Like I get that you had to do something, but obviously Luke Walton is not, he's not Greg Popovich. He's not by no means is he helping anybody win games that they shouldn't win. Um, But we've been talking how poor this roster is. I I don't know if, if, you know, he, he definitely could have done better with the roster, but this is not like the dream team he's working with here. Like, there needs to be, there needs to be accountability. Like I, I just don't think this is going to change anything. I don't, I don't necessarily know why. You know, is Luke Walton really holding this team back from doing? You know, like, like we've said, the players have have came out day after day saying Luke's not the one turning the ball over, not not giving a hundred percent effort. Why do we think tomorrow? Like they've they've known Luke Walton's job is on the line for the past X amount of games, hasn't changed anything. Luke's gone now. I don't think they're now going to all of a sudden start playing a lot harder, start playing a lot cleaner. Like it just, the logic of it doesn't make sense. I understand that people are upset with the way Luke's been operating things, but like, you know, to expect anything different in terms of like the, the, the play of the, the players just doesn't make any sense to me. He's the easiest person to point it a is, finger right? at. It's, and, it's, to me, and, that's what it is to me is it's just lazy. Like it's it's completely yeah. absolving Monty McNair of all wrongdoing because, you know, obviously Monty A made this decision to bring Luke back, but B gave him this crop of players. I don't know. I just, I don't see is, how it's, how it's not somebody else's fault. Is Luke a good, mainly Luke's. Yeah. Is Luke a good head coach? Probably not. not and really. how does this solve anything? Like how but, does this how does this help the situation? The change of scenery. People believe in a change of scenery and a change of of uh, routine. I don't know. Just changing why things not, up like, can it, fix to me, things. It's sometimes. easier to just make Weird. a trade. Just get if you want a, if you need a little bit of a shakeup, get rid of Buddy Heald and bring in a new a new energy. And the like, funny ass part of things if you just need, as easily as getting rid of Luke. The funny ass part of if you need a shakeup is. The like primary thing we heard about keeping Luke is continuity. Like, where the hell are we at right now? Yeah, like it's not not there. <laughs> it's yeah, gone. But uh, like we talk about Monty King right now, De'Aaron Fox. 
uh, Buddy, the boogie buddy, trade. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and fingers are were pointing at Luke, and I'm kind of relieved now because it's I'm tired of that excuse. Walton's holding the Kings back. Walton's holding them back. And that's why I always wasn't – I'm not a Walton – I wasn't for Walton, but I almost was like wanting him to succeed because I'm just tired of them – yeah, of people saying he's the reason why the team is bad. Yeah, that's not going to be an excuse anymore. Now it's going to fall to Monty McNair, the roster, and ultimately ownership. I think so, the players are next on the blame totem pole. If I had to guess, like if they continue to play poorly, I wouldn't think that. I would think that people will then start to be like, "Well, I guess it was the players," and not again aim at Monty McNair for the construction of player well and money if i had to guess the players like if if it gets pointed at monty monty's in a position where he can be like all right i'm gonna change i'm gonna try to show that it is the players and make a change there yeah i'm just gonna blow it up which i don't know when that what that hit eject button is when that's gonna happen or if that does happen but i'm sure is, he's capable is that kind of it. scary too like it's the thought scary. of like if he's like yo like my job's on the line now I like don't Daryl Morey trading for Westbrook. Yeah, like if I trade De'Aaron Fox and I get fired and for doing it anyway, like I don't give a damn if in three years the Kings don't have De'Aaron Fox. Like I'm trying to save my job now. So I mean, that is scary. I'm called for to- desperate measures, and I don't know if unless it's a very calculated strategic move. I don't. I don't know if yeah. the Kings can afford just take a take a large gamble like to that. put it like that how gms will make moves sometimes only to save themselves and not worry about leveraging the future of an organization that has happened before mm-hmm. it's a very frightening idea i'm not saying that's going to happen with monty McNair, yeah. but it's a frightening i, I think yeah. like a slight difference is that like when you think of maury maury's the one that stands out to me right the westbrook thing um and just willing to mortgage so many future draft picks because he's like, we have to try to make this work right now. It's like, you know, they were like clearly like a very win now team, which I guess you could say the Kings are also, but like in a different way. Different stakes. They were in the yeah, conference finals. Very different. And I almost wonder like this is Monty's first GM job. Like Maury was going to get another opportunity. You know, like if, if Monty really messes up the end of his tenure, maybe he doesn't get another opportunity somewhere else. Like I think just because he's a first year guy, is where I can find like a little more comfort in like he doesn't quite that there's more of an impact of like, oh, well, then I just let go and get to move on to somewhere else. Like if he screws up the end with a bad move, then his opportunities probably become more limited somewhere else. I mean, yeah. maybe they get written off because it's like, oh, it's the Kings. You had to try something. I get it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, who was the last Kings staffer to get a job after their tenure with the Kings? Dave Yeager, I guess. I mean, he was an assistant. Um, from the front office? Any coach, Scott, front office. Scott Perry was... Scott like Perry, a, assistant like GM year. to GM. Yeah. Petrie wasn't... Uh, D'Alessandro, I guess, li- latched on with somebody. Yeah. I don't know how the hell well, that I'm sure happened. Monty will do the same, though. Like, Monty's a well-connected... I'm sure Monty would be right. on somebody's staff, but... Did right. Pete D'Alessandro make any good moves before he came to the Kings? Did he do anything good he just ever for the nuggets i remember i heard him in an interview saying he he started off as i think he was uh in law and he was answering phone he said i'm gonna quit and go answer phones at a sports agency and he worked his way up hey that's inspiring that's great chase your dreams but damn did does that suck i need to answer my phone more often yeah i know (laughs) i might have to go get coffee for some people and i'll become a nba executive um can we if we're getting we're winding down, can we talk about Pete Gate just for a second? Can we just talk about how if the Kings succeed from this point on, the Luke Walton and Pete Gate thing are going to be like they're going to be together in unison. But also, if they start losing, it could be like an omen that this ruined the season. Which way are you guys leaning? Do you think Pete Gate could save the season, or is it a bad omen? I don't think it's anything, honestly. I, I thought it might have saved Luke's job, but no, no, Chris, it's not an okay answer. You have to. I know, that's not. That's not. Come on, <laughs> take culture. Take culture. Uh, it's a wrap. Um, Pukegate just ruined everything. You think? Um, you think it's more bad that that happened? <laughs> like if if we're looking back on this in a few months and the Kings are bad, do you say, "Hey, that was a turning point"? Pukegate, Luke fired. Are you asking me if? That vomit may have inspired <laughs> yes. our team. Could it? Could it? <laughs> yes. 
We're looking for anything here, Chris. I that need has something. Been a motivational movement. Um, Who's planted by Vivek? Hmm. I'm gonna go with a no, just because that it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, yeah. I, I will forever remember Pewgate, but I was going to remember it as the thing that saved Luke's job because it, it lightened up the mood after mm. he lost back-to-back games and I should think, have been fired. But I, clearly, it may, honestly, it may have bought him 12 hours. Quite literally, I think, I think it, it bought him 12 hours because he would have been fired last night. The article, whenever the full-fledged article comes Alvin out, Gentry Alvin Gentry is the head, head coach. coach. Sorry, Alvin Gentry will become yes. official interim head Thank coach. Woj. Uh that's expected i guess uh but it'll be funny when the full article comes out in a couple days from amic or somebody saying the kings were planning on letting walton go but because of the pute gate and the distractions they waited if that actually comes out i will lose my mind and i don't think it's that implausible i think it's a very plausible scenario that they waited because of the distraction because why else would you wait why not just do it right after the game i don't know it was so, it was so light. Sleep on it. Yeah, <laughs> we're everyone needed it. a rest after that. Everyone's uh, like, "Damn, that was a that was a wild night." We better maybe we should sleep on it. And, and the whole mood is everybody's talking about this dude, mm-hmm. and it was like all the talk beforehand was Luke. Everybody that came up post game got asked about it. Yeah, literally, like, even Rudy Gobert, like all everybody. Rudy everybody said he was first. smiling, making eye contact with him. The dude was smiling <laughs> and throwing up at the same time. Unbelievable, <laughs> legendary. Yeah, I mean it's. It, I mean it'll uh, yeah it'll it'll forever now be the benchmark of Luke Walton's last game was the Finny game way. that that guy threw up at. That's for sure. Like, uh, I I don't know if I'll I'll forget that. But and it's uh, right as the Kings went to shit in that game too. Yeah. Well, and also like it's not necessarily the Kings' season went down from the the vomit post vomit because we're already on what we've lost seven of eight. Like we find have already started slipping. Yeah, yeah. It was just the way it had to end. Yeah, it was poetic. Like you, like you tweeted out last night, Frankie. It was, it was a poetic ending. Super poetic. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that's more the legacy of of our boy Upchuck. Is is he he really ended the Luke Walton tenure with a bang? Yeah, a big yeah. bang, multiple bangs. It was all over the sideline. Um, I'm trying to think. Is is there anything else we 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 talk trades? We I'll talk say in the interims. in the second part of this Woj announcement with Gentry he says uh, Gentry gets a raise and to so. take interim job in agreement on some benchmarks of success rest of this season. Um, with okay, hold on, I lost the second part. They had to here. sweeten the they had to sweeten the pot. Yeah, agreements on some benchmarks of success rest of the season with team to try and keep the job longer. No, they want to be coach. I mean, yeah, I would say they're like if you reach these benchmarks, you could stick around. I would say, yeah, it's like playoffs. If we make the playoffs, (laughs) we will heavily consider you staying. Which I mean, that's very fair. Like if he can turn around this team at this point to a playoff team, I'm willing to listen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we all have our feelings about Alvin Gentry, but if, if we are living in a world where he is able to turn this situation around, I don't see why it, it would yeah. just be malpractice. I mean, I said the same thing about Luke Walton. If Luke Walton made the playoffs this year, you would have to consider, if not just give him the extension. You cannot I, say, like, <laughs> we have a 15-year drought, we want to make playoffs, make playoffs, and then fire the guy who eventually made At this made the point. Playoffs. Whoever head coach leads the Kings to a winning season or the playoffs is getting a key to the city. They're getting a street name after them. They're kissing babies for photos. They're going to become Sacramento royalty. So, yeah, if Alvin Gentry leads the Kings to the playoffs, they, the Kings might sign him to a 30-year extension until he's 100 years old and ride it out till yeah. Golden One Center has to have a lease renewed. That's where we are right now. Yeah. I doubt it, but if he does, he deserves it. <laughs> you doubt the 30-year extension? Well, uh, yes. Uh, yes, specifically the 30-year extension. I doubt that he takes Sorry, the playoffs I was without for you, some big roster change. But if he does, he deserves it. Um, and, you know, we're just kind of speculating that's the benchmark of success, but it feels like one of the obvious benchmarks yeah. that it probably resol- revolves around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And just like, I guess before we close, like the irony of obviously, you know, I, I don't know if we mentioned or you guys have on, on your show, like hope everything's okay with Jaeger. Sorry to hear that news, obviously, but the irony of like it happening the game before Luke Walton getting let go of the game before the Kings play the staff that Jaeger is now a part of is pretty funny. Yeah. It's, again, it's poetic. Poetic. It's very poetic. The, the Kings are all about that poetry. Right they now. really it's are. You know what beautiful... I was thinking about the other day is when the Kings fired Mike Malone, I specifically remember it was either that game, like his final game, or the next game after they played Detroit in which had his dad as an assistant coach. And I was like, ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> like, we just fired your son. 24 hours ago. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we're on our feelings here. Maybe we're on to something. It's like Monty's like, no, I can't let go of Luke yet in this offseason. We have to wait. When do we play Jaeger? <laughs> you know, and there's the Simmons piece to it too, where it's like, oh right. You no. Know, yeah. A nice little showcase opportunity for some players. Tomorrow will be interesting. I'm interested to see what the ovation is for Alvin Gentry once he's announced. I'm sure it's gonna be for the fifty percent, sixty percent capacity Kings crowd, I'm sure it'll be, be in your head coach, Alvin Gentry. People <laughs> are still going to, uh, yeah. What are they going to do now? I think fans really obnoxiously enjoyed booing Luke when his name was was announced. Trying to act yeah. like they were saying Luke. Back to back games of firewall yeah. and chance. It was can, loud. Can we real quick? Loud, this man. is just like a personal like tiff of mine. How do you guys feel? And like uh, we don't have to go into it if you don't want to put it on record. But how do you guys feel about like people chanting like firewall at the end of the game? Um, is that fair. It's their right as fans. They can they can speak their minds, right? I mean, they're not I think saying it's just anything. Like a gross human thing to do. It's it's messed up. It's, it's like, messed up bro, for sure. Like, I would never come do to it. Your job and be like. Oh, fire yeah. this guy yeah. at, at yeah, yeah, yeah. the Wetzel's like, bro. Like just because you messed up the copies, like damn. Someone messes up your order at McDonald's and yeah. you're just outside chanting fire, whatever your That's name what is. Man. Like it's great. Like it's just burnt just, my like, chicken. I, I was, I was yelling at Chuck Hayes and Travis outlaw from the, from the stands when I was a fan, but yeah, I don't know. There's something about the clarity, like Luke sitting right. It's just embarrassing. I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, it's one of those like you forget to humanize these guys. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is oh. You forget that they're people. They're actual human beings. And it's their actual job. Like the same way we have jobs doing what we do. Yeah. Another person has a job selling cars or, or, or working at a restaurant, whatever. That's Luke's job. That's yeah. his like livelihood. And Parents I would never do it. His wife is in the stands. He might got kids in the stands. But, but at the same time. For that very read, the very opposite of the reason I just said, where you're not a car salesman, you're not working at a restaurant, or whatever. Public you are job. a head coach of an NBA yeah. basketball team, and you are op- you have to be open to public criticism. And he got his public criticism. He had a, a couple spoonfuls of it last night. So that's fair, I guess. And then I, I have no problem with booing, but I don't know. It's it's just I don't know. It's just it feels awkward. It's, it's icky. Like, Damn, bro. Like it's yeah. icky. Like, and also it's like, we're, come on, like no one, y'all do not have that same energy. Like if Luke is, if you're courtside, like in Luke Walton walks right by, Hi, you're Luke. not going to fire Luke. Like I want you <laughs> fired, bro. Like nah, Luke, I'm still my throw up like, on him. What's up coach? <laughs> Fucking dap me. Yeah. Big, big fanny on the Lakers, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go on Twitter five minutes later, fire this clown. This guy sucks. Yeah. A muted video where you were actually being nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I gave him a piece of my mind. In reality, you're just telling him, like, hey, man, like, yeah, I know you're doing the best you can. He's ever seen. <laughs> doing the best you can. We have your back, Luke. Well, RIP to the Walton's out of here. To the Walton yeah. era. It's over. Yeah. Now we can all move on. I'm looking forward to not having to talk about this anymore. Think about it. It's over. I think we all can be, can be happy about that. So, I, and. With you, and then also ready. Um, one of you said it. I think both probably said it at some point. Um, that I'm ready for the blame to start getting put in other places because it goes deeper than Luke. Like Luke was an yep. issue, but it goes deeper than that. And this can't be the only thing that happens this season. And I, to, I don't think it will. No, time to focus on the entire roster in front office now. And Alvin Gentry. I mean, I'm not saying he's abstained from any blame if things go wrong over the next. Again, there's a lot of season left, but we can focus, like you said. 
on many more things that are more important, really. Let's go out on on a quick hitter. By the end of this calendar year, by the end of December, is the core plus Bagley still together? Yeah. Hmm. I have to say, well, knee jerk reaction. That's yeah. a month. That's a month. Month and some change. Nah, that's a long no? time. That's Who a goes? long time to run with that's Gentry and be like things are things are to the end of wait to the end of uh, the, the calendar season year. or the cal- oh no one four weeks five weeks yeah I think that everyone's still here. Yeah, I mean I think it's a coin flip. Like by the deadline, no way. But yeah, yeah. December I the deadline. I don't know. New Year's Day. Kings of a day on a game on New Year's. I Eve think things are going to get a whole lot worse before they get better. And I think, I mean, it, I would expect a trade to happen in the next couple of weeks. I mean, the thing, I, like McNair has the end of the year, right? Till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They won't let him go. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Mid season. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard that of that. Weird. I think it took a really bad season for them to. I think he even has next season still. That's just the way I see it. I think they even give him a little longer, but. And McNair's been like patient, I, I guess is a way to say it, right? If he's and been guess, anything, he has definitely been patient. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. And like, moving to a fault. And right now, people are going to view him as desperate. So, like, I guess maybe I'm talking myself into not by December, but like at the same time, I want to see some more change. Are we just desperate? Walton. Are we not desperate? We should um, like we should be, but it's like again, like I mentioned, like that fine line, right? Like if you're too desperate, you make a shitty move, and then you're stuck in this same eight to ten spot for three years again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary it's, times, uh, <laughs> scary yeah, times. And this is where you hope that you have the right people in charge. We're in lim- we've been in limbo for two decades uh-huh. almost. Limbo slash hell. So basketball hell, baby. We're in full form. We're only in the. First full month of the season still. Only the first full month of the season. We haven't even gotten out of November yet. So Light. let's really get things rolling starting tomorrow night. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> Neither can I. We're going to see how this goes. Um, thanks to everybody for listening to this crossover episode between us. Um, Kings Pulse and Return of the Roar. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Checking out both. Wow, that's a roar. That's, that's a, a solid. That's that was a new a, one. That was really. Chris solid. looks really proud of that too. Really? Oh, that was that was, <laughs> that was, that was light. That, that was, was light, light man. That was that was a cub. Uh, make the yeah. lion come out. Let's in, let's uh <laughs> let's enjoy our Sundays now. <laughs> let's put this. Uh, let's put this. In the yeah, back man. Of our come minds. on. The Vikings are beating the Packers. I got things to do. People to see. Babies to hug. There you go. All right. Well, I'm going to try and go three for three this weekend. Manchester United fired their their manager on uh, yesterday. Luke Walton obviously fired today. Mike Zimmer, my coach, might be fired tomorrow. So wow, everybody, you can just blame me. Time for change in life. The curse of Chris Watkins. Not allowed to have nice things. I've I've come to come to realize (laughs) it. Well, anybody listening, definitely check out both the feeds um, and. Subscribe, rate, and review, and it helps uh, more than you realize. And you'll hear from us again in a couple days here, kind of see how it goes with Gentry, I guess. Yes, sir. Yep.